Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 81, the SmallSat Education Conference. Today, in this special bonus episode, I talk with Kevin about the first annual SmallSat Conference coming to Kennedy Space Center October 29th and 30th of this year. We discuss why there's such a need for a conference on the East Coast, as well as talk about what attendees can expect. Remember, students and teachers may attend for free, so head over to smallsateducation.org to register before it's too late. And of course, you can check out the show notes for that link as well. We hope to see you there. Well, Kevin, I know that on our most recent podcast, you've been talking a lot about an upcoming event, and I thought it was a really good chance for us to sit down uh, and, and be able to explain a little bit more about what the Small Set Education Conference is. So tell us a little bit about what you plan to do and kind of why you decided that this needed to even be done in the first place. Okay, thanks. Let's talk about the why, and then we'll talk about the what we plan to do. So uh, for several years, I have taken uh, members of my CubeSat development team, the Wolfpack CubeSat development team in particular, to the world's largest gathering of small satellite builders, which is called SmallSat in Logan, Utah, on the Utah State University campus. That's quite a haul for for us from Florida, and it actually occurs about the time of year when a lot of students are going to school. Put that, uh, combine that with the fact that I felt there just wasn't enough pre-college content at the satellite conference, And the fact that we're in Florida, very close to KSC, uh, the idea was, why can't we do a satellite conference of our own for small sats, in particular focused on educators and students as young as middle school through the university, and then provide an outlet for those that want to do um, CubeSats or high altitude balloons, but are unable to get to Logan, Utah every year in early August. Well, that's a good point. I mean, why do you think that there isn't more of the this kind of opportunity here in Florida, considering Kennedy Space Center is right there and SpaceX and all the launches that are happening out at, so out at that location? We are living in a, it, it, is, it is a very interesting time because, you know, with the retirement of the shuttle, the wheels were already in motion to try to recreate Florida's aerospace economy. Folks like uh, Frank DeBello and Space Florida were literally charged by the Florida legislature to help uh, entice new companies to come to Florida, to help create new companies, and to help retain the great aerospace companies we have. So Florida has done a seismic shift, if you will, a really noticeable shift in the we just launched shuttles sort of vein into we're going to build satellites, we're going to build rockets, and we're going to up the tempo from two or three launches a year at Kennedy Space Center to one a week. Mm. So that's that speaks real well for us. Now, on the other side of that coin, there's workforce. There, there are workforce needs that are very difficult to meet now. And it's not just Florida. There's a, an explosion in this sort of small satellite, smaller rocket uh, market. And I you, you hear it all over the country. It's very difficult to find enough of the, the correctly skilled or the, the, the right fit kind of employees for your aerospace companies. So if you're an educator and you enjoy aerospace, you can see the need there. We, we're not making enough technicians and engineers 
to fulfill the needs that we have in this emerging new space economy. And uh, as we move out into space and actually create economies in space. So our conference, uh, we think aligns nicely with a lot of these uh, events and trends that are going on. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the conference. So an educator, we call it the education conference. Who is your target audience? Who should be considering you know, coming? And if they do come, what are they, what should they expect? So first off, the target audience are educators and students from middle school through college. Um, they are the ones we're really focused on. In fact, we are not charging any uh, attendance fee or any registration fee for our conference for educators and students. Now, a student coming on their own needs to be accompanied by a parent uh, because we're, we're not, uh, you know, we can't watch hundreds of you know, students uh, without some supervision. Uh, but also educators are coming at no, uh, you know, no cost to register for them as well. And what we really want to do is help build an infrastructure of uh, folks that are like-minded as to the importance of how we can use aerospace to inspire our next STEM workforce, our, our next generation of the STEM workforce, help get them into that pipeline in middle school, and maybe start with uh, high-altitude balloons. And if that's where a, a teacher or a school can get their kids, a high-altitude balloon is a pretty good proxy as you move down the road toward building a satellite. Some schools, you know, here in Florida, um, one high school and uh, our middle school age group uh, team, we've launched um, three satellites between us. Uh, Mustang was the, uh, I believe the name, uh, uh, Stangsat was the name of the CubeSat that was launched by a high school up near Space Coast. And uh, down here, the Wolfpack uh, have been responsible for two NASA CubeSats. Right. So if they sign up, right, and obviously they can, we'll, we'll put the, the note in the chat about where to sign up, but it's at smallsateducation.org. What's going to happen? So it's a two-day event. Are there speakers? I mean, what does the, what does the schedule look like? We have, um, we have tried to bring in the very best um, young minds, especially. We believe that um, the closer you are to the age of the students, if you're doing some real genuine authentic aerospace, especially with the satellite building, then you're the ideal person to share that with kids that may be only as, uh, you know, that may be only as young as eight to 10 years younger than those students. So we've asked um, area or, or regional universities that have really good aerospace programs. And they have uh, confirmed that they are coming to attend and exhibit and also companies. So if you think about uh, entities like uh, the University of Florida, the University of Central Florida, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, uh, we've invited Georgia Tech. And I'm very proud uh, to let you know that our friends at the United States Naval Academy, they'll be coming to exhibit and present uh, they have a very strong uh, CubeSat program, and that's just a part of, uh, you know, e every year they're, they're building satellites at the academies, at least the Air Force and the Naval Academy. So we're really glad they're here. Additionally, we have some companies that are going to uh, both exhibit and present and network with the educators at a luncheon. So we're going to have a luncheon for educators on Saturday. And we have some companies that specialize in helping educators get started. Uh, in particular, uh, I want to mention uh, Near Space Education. Now, they're a nonprofit 
501c3 that spun out of near space launch, which is a uh, hardware, you know, uh, design, build, test, and they fly um, CubeSats, and they have a very uh, extensive high altitude balloon program, and they're located in Indiana. So they'll be doing a couple of sessions, and we also have some other vendors that uh, have uh, software, hardware uh, related to balloons and satellites that educators may choose to use. All right, so it sounds like you have two audience targets. We're looking at students middle through university level. So it allows for some of the younger students to kind of engage with maybe some of the, the actual teams that are there at the universities. It sounds like we're going to have teachers from uh, whether it's middle all the way up to university as well. It sounds as though it's gonna be kind of a really great opportunity, not only for the younger people and teachers to kind of work with the generation right above them, but maybe even get ideas about how they can work in their classroom or ultimately for students who are thinking about school and, and their college uh, kind of goals. Is that accurate? Yes, I, I feel like uh, based on our experiences at SmallSat, when we took our students there, uh, the ability or the opportunity to not only hear from folks that are in the aerospace field uh, that are building these uh, small spacecraft, but also to interact with them is very inspiring and does help uh, young people realize, help them actually realize that they can do this. Not only that, they come up with ideas. Uh, I've had uh, numerous students that come up with payload ideas for our satellites at a conference. So if we br can bring in lots of students and educators and have them see what this world is like, you know, the small sat world and the high altitude balloon uh, world, uh, we these educational tools, they're, they're very inspiring just by themselves. But if you couple that with meeting young people who are enthusiastic and doing that work, uh, I think that's a really great combination for helping our attendees walk away with knowledge they can use, some potentially some inspiration about what they could do, and they're helping to build their network as they move towards you know, the STEM pipeline. Right, and with so much going on with space and the news, uh, with Artemis happening as well, it seems like, and with all the launches that seem to take place, it does seem like a natural kind of content to start including in one's classroom. But I would be curious and I would be hesitant, do I have to know anything about CubeSats to come or can I just kind of show up with as a blank slate? No. Uh, no, you certainly don't need to be a, a satellite expert to come to our conference. In fact, uh, as we teach our students that start out on our teams, uh, everybody starts as a blank page, right? At one point in life, everyone is just a blank page. So just come if you're interested in science and engineering and technology, and especially aerospace. If you are interested in maybe how does a satellite work and how does someone as young as 11 or 12 year years old, get involved with an authentic satellite program, come to the conference, meet uh, undergraduates and grad students and high school students and middle school students that actively design, build, test, and fly real spacecraft. Okay. We, we think it's really good uh, uh, real world experience to do that. And it really sets you up, I think, to be competitive as you move forward in your high school, college, or even in your career. So older, like high school teachers, if they had a team, they could bring up a team as long as there was an adult um, sponsor for them. Otherwise, Absolutely. it's a parent, right? So teachers, I believe on the website, there's a, if you have a small STEM group that meets after school or even homeschool parents who have kind of maybe a pod where they're working could theoretically come up with one parent Actually, register that way as um, well, right? Yes, I, I'm thinking about... Uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, Civil Air Patrol, 
first robotics teams, uh, any after school STEM team would be an ideal group to consider uh, to coming to our conference. Um, also, uh, if, if teachers are thinking about forming a team, they don't have to have a team to come. Right. Teach, an educator may come by themselves or they may bring their students. We only ask that if they bring their students, they are the chaperone for their students that day. We, we need them to stay as a, a unit and, um, and you know, uh, act accordingly. Well, and with educators, I'm pretty sure we can also provide the professional development certificate for those who are looking to do that, just a, a certificate that says you attended as well. Is it my understanding that everyone who attends, and this is particularly perhaps of interest to the students, but they'll be able to access the Kennedy Space Center Park as well? Absolutely. Uh, so we will try to have a nice, we're, we're, we're hoping to have a nice um, swag bag for our attendees. Uh, we're having an educator luncheon, uh, which is uh, at no cost to the educators and where they'll really get some one-on-one -on -one time with the, 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 the folks that know that, that have the educational content. But one of the biggest benefits of us having our conference at the uh, Center for Space Education building inside the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center is that you do get access to the park for the rest of the day. So we're gonna start uh, folks will line up to go through the magnetometers at nine o'clock. They'll go through the, the gates at nine o'clock, walk past the rocket garden, just due north and a little bit west of the rocket garden is the CSE building. We'll start at 930. We're going to have a really great VIP. I don't want to get ahead of myself and announce who it is, but we'll have a really nice keynote and then we'll work through the day. Uh, we're going to have some food trucks uh, at the CSE building uh, for lunch for those that uh, want to buy a lunch. That's an option. We may have it catered for the, the teacher's lunch. The educator well. luncheon is stone, but it will be. The, the educator luncheon is separate, uh, you know, from the, the potential for food trucks, but you can also eat in the park. Then at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, when we're done about 3.30, you're free to roam the park and enjoy Kennedy Space Center until they close. Sunday morning, we'll start again at 9.30 and we'll end at 12.30. So we're offering um, uh, at least, uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but it'll probably be at least 12 hours of professional development and a Total, certificate. right over the course right, of the two days. For uh, educators that attend. Right, okay. Well, if someone wants to register, where uh, just give a shout out to the webpage again and kind of walk through that kind of process. Because if you're a teacher or student, right, you have to be able to show you are who you say you are. So there's like a registration form that's separate where they'll upload that in advance. Um, yes, and uh, so we have uh, different levels of registration. If you're an educator or a student, there is no cost to attend. If you are a parent accompanying your child to the conference, you are most welcome, but we're charging uh, $25 for a parent that's accompanying their child. If you're an adult, uh, if you're uh, an adult, like, uh, for instance, uh, an exhibitor, a vendor, et cetera, and, and we welcome, you know, adults and professionals that are interested in aerospace, if they, you're, you're welcome to come to our conference as well. Those, those are $50. Our, we, we, do have a, <clears throat> we do have exhibitor tables available, and we have uh, one cost for uh, universities and nonprofits, and we have a little higher cost for our companies. And if you'll reach out to us through the webpage, we'll be glad to help you with that process. The website is smallsateducation.org. That's one word, smallsateducation.org. 
All right. Well, I think that covers it. I know I'm excited about being there. One thing we didn't talk about was the potential for the legislative panel. So before we close this kind of bonus episode of the podcast, we are thinking about having this legislative panel with some of our Florida state representatives or uh, senators. Why is it important to discuss aerospace in, in our political realm? So in the context of our conference, uh, we thought it was important to have a legislative or legislators on a panel for a number of reasons. One, the aerospace sector of the Florida economy is incredibly large. It's very important. Aerospace is actually one of the few sectors in the U.S. economy where we have a net export surplus. We actually export more aerospace than we import, and that, that's a very strong sector. I would also point out as an individual, it's very important to the state of Florida, but also for individuals, there are a number of unfilled and existing good paying aerospace jobs. I often joke with my students that there are no low paying jobs in space. So we've got this conflux of a changing space economy, a growing and new space economy. We have a strong desire at all levels in Florida to increase that portion of our uh, Florida economy, we have a strong need to have high, you know, highly skilled workforce. And I'm talking from technicians with a two-year degree and certifications through engineers and managers and on up. So there's, there's a lot of room to grow in aerospace if you're just starting out. They are good paying jobs. We can't seem to fill enough of them. And we have sort of a really nice time in history where there's a coordinated effort to really make this happen. There are new rocket companies in Florida. There are new support companies. There are new, uh, there are companies building satellite factories in Florida, especially around the Space Coast. So now is the time to think about if you're young moving forward, hey, this is a great opportunity. I can do good work. I can make yeah. good money. If you're an existing person in the workforce, uh, this is something to look at. And there's great places to get training in the state of Florida, and there are great places to work. So it's for workforce development because we do have this industry here, but it's also the importance of what we like to refer to as experiential real world STEM education and the need for that in our Florida schools to make sure that we're connecting industry uh, with, with that curriculum. Is that also true? Absolutely. We really, um, where, where the Wolfpack and the Aerospace and Innovation Academy positions itself is at the Venn diagram intersection of aerospace education and policy. So we really do need to coordinate what we do in the classroom so that it complements the needs of the workforce. As I mentioned, we've got these good paying jobs. We need a lot more folks to fill them. Folks need good paying jobs. They end up paying more taxes when they have good paying jobs. So it's a self-fulfilling sort of cycle that if we can be proactive down here with the 12 year old and help funnel more of those, uh, more women, more diverse uh, you know, folks into the STEM pipeline, we will end up with a much stronger economy and, and, uh, you know, and it's just good for us as a, a state as well. All right. Well, I know that this is going to be a really exciting event. If you're listening and you know of a teacher who might be interested, please share this information with them. If you know a legislator who would be interested or who has a passion for space as well, who'd like to take part in our legislative plant panel, please share out our contact information. And certainly we hope that you'll register again by going to that website, smallsideducation.org. And again, if you're a teacher or student, 
clicking on the Google form link that will allow you to um, clarify additionally who you are coming as and a place to upload your, your either ID or your certification as well. We, we would, uh, and one last note, educators, you're welcome to bring students. We will need you to itemize that through our Google form. We just need to know uh, how many students are coming and we, we need to know them by name so we can keep track of everything. Make sure that they logistics are taken all, all care of when they get there. Well, perfect. So as we uh, like to say during our podcast, you know, we hope that you find these to be entertaining and engaging as well, but we hope that this particular bonus episode will find you joining us October 29th and 30th at the Small Side Education Conference when we say, let's, let's go, go to space. space.